Maya back again, guys. I have one more update for y'all. My Take now has a Patreon. I'm trying to expand the My Take community and also expand my earnings a little bit by creating a Patreon. We have three tiers, and in the top tier, we're actually starting a My Take book club. So anybody who joins, we're going to be reading a book together a month, and there's going to be monthly live streams and Discord benefits. So I'd really, really, really appreciate it if you could go check it out. The link is in the show notes. Hey guys, it's Maya, and I just wanted to jump on here and promote my takes Instagram really quick because we're doing a lot of fun things. I'm doing more posts, more stories, and I also have to say I've started a new series called The Bottom Shelf, and it's video reviews, IGTV video reviews, and I think they're super fun, and they're all on the Instagram, so go follow my take on social media and specifically on Instagram at underscore my take. So we are back with another Colleen Hoover. It's Regretting You, which follows Clara and her mom, Morgan, and their life after a major accident in their family. And Morgan had Clara at 17, and now Clara is 17. So it's kind of about that dynamic because Clara is now 17 and, like, how they're dealing with it and how they're dealing with not only Clara being a teenager and Clara being the same age that Morgan was when Morgan had Clara, but the accident and the fallout from that. And I really like the book. It was a little Sarah Destiny in the beginning and also kind of throughout. It felt very Sarah Destin reminiscent to me, but it was good, so I'm excited to talk about it. Books, TV, music, and movies. All things that make a big impact on everyone. I'm constantly gushing about my latest read to anyone who will listen, so I figured I'd turn my rambling into something coherent that people will actually listen to, which means no tuning out halfway through. I am Maya Ghosh, and this is my take. As always with a book, we're going to start with a little bit on the writing, and the writing was fine. There's not a ton to discuss here. It's not like maybe someday where I thought the writing was going to be better than it was, and it's not like Verity where the writing has a lot to do with it, and it's very creepy, but it's fine. Like I said in the intro, it's very Sarah Destiny, and I feel like that for me is just because we see the mother-daughter conflict, and we like just the vibes that we get especially from the first chapter which I'll talk about in like a second but just like it gave me Sarah Dessen vibes it felt like a more contemporary Sarah Dessen sometimes Sarah Dessen feels a little dated I mean she did write earlier than Colleen Hoover like that makes sense so Sarah Dessen was writing in the early 2000s Colleen Hoover is writing in the mid-2000s, and I think Regretting You came out in 2019, so it makes sense that it would feel like a more updated Sarah Dessen because of the time jumps, but yeah, that's all I have to say on the writing. Starting with the plot, and I have this broken up into major Morgan moments and then major Clara moments, and obviously there's a lot of overlap because they are mother and daughter, and it's about their relationship. I think that's also something that I thought about Sarah Dessen was it really is at the end of the day about Morgan and Clara's relationship as much as Morgan and Clara both have their individual romantic prospects it feels more about the relationship between the two of them which is fine but it just kind of made me remember Sarah Destin because I feel like with every Sarah Destin book I read 
I was drawn in by the prospect of this romance, and that's kind of why I was drawn in here. I mean, you talk about Morgan and her second chance, and you talk about Clara and Miller and the synopsis. So you get drawn in by a romance, but then I feel like with Sarah Desson books, it always is like this really quick switch, and it's about personal growth and character growth and much less about the romance. And so that's kind of what I felt like here is like the romance kind of felt like the sticking point and the selling point, but it really was about character growth. So starting with... Morgan. We start with her in the past, and this is kind of what kicked off the Sarah Dessen vibes, like, in the car and the candy and driving around, and it, it's so fucking clear in the past that Jenny needs to be with Chris and Morgan needs to be with Jonah, but they just don't discuss it and don't mention it, and then Morgan finds out she's pregnant and Jonah up and leaves, and then we skip 17 years and so now we're in the present day and Jonah and Jenny were having a kid and that was like way too soap opera-y for me. That was the one thing I had about this book was obviously it had to be so interconnected because that makes the drama more present and that makes it so much harder but the fact that we have Morgan and Chris, who stayed together when they really shouldn't have, and then we have the old other terrible high school couple of Jenny and Jonah, and they're having a kid. I was just like, this is too much. Like, it can't have worked out this perfectly. Like, I don't like it. It needs to go away. But it gets worse because after the crash, we learn that the baby is actually Chris's baby, and Jenny was having a really long-term affair with Chris and conned Jonah into thinking that the baby was his so that it wouldn't come out that the baby was Chris's. And Morgan is this kid's aunt and stepmother, which is, like, really, really weird, and I hate that for her, and I hate how she found out, and she didn't want to believe it, and there was all these things, and it just really sucked, and it was very soap opera. Like, the drama was very out there. Like, obviously, I'm sure this can happen and stuff. It just felt a little soap opera because of how contrived and convenient and stuff it all was I mean as soon as we found out about the crash and that they were having an affair I was like that kid is not Jonah's there is no way and then it turned out to be true so like I was a little less surprised by Jonah not being the kid's dad than I was about the fact that it was seeming to work out perfectly in the beginning you know and then we're starting at Morgan's birthday and Jonah gives her the whole bag of watermelon Jolly Ranchers for her birthday and I fucking hate when Chris is like oh, what a stupid gift, when Morgan hadn't even thought of Watermelon Jolly Ranchers in a really long time, and Jonah actually remembered and gave her the gift, I was like, oh my god, this is so adorable, I love this for you, and the birthday boards is such a cool idea, and I love that she does that with Clara, and then after Jonah finds out that baby Elijah is not his, he just leaves baby Elijah with Morgan, and it takes Clara knocking some sense into him to realize that he might as well be Elijah's dad and he's going to raise Elijah, which, like, okay, I understand freaking the fuck out. It's a lot. You think you're having this kid with this woman and then you come back and you're trying to raise him and you're trying to be together and you plan on getting married and then you find out that she was having an affair with your best friend who's also the one that got away's husband like, it's such a fucking mess, so I get the information overload, but it lasts a little too long for me. I'm like, that kid is still kind of your responsibility because you're the only parent that he's ever known. So, like, I was very glad that Clara comes around and, like, knocks some shit into him and he comes back and he's like, okay. And then 
I love that Morgan takes a hammer to the kitchen door. I love that she finally does that. And it was reminiscent to me of the beginning of the bromance book club when Thea is taking the sledgehammer to the wall in the kitchen. And so, like, I love that. And I really want to, like, take a sledgehammer or just a hammer to a wall. I feel like it would be very fun and, like, very good to let out some anger and stuff. And then we flash back to 17 years ago and Morgan tells Jonah she's pregnant before she tells Chris. So, like, again, if that wasn't a sign that you should have been with Jonah, I don't know what was. And Jonah's such a kind and loving person. I'm sure he would have been totally fine raising Chris's kid and, like, letting Morgan co-parent with Chris. But, you know, ugh. And then Morgan is mad at Clara because she sees Clara with Miller at school. And so she outs that she was the one giving Jenny advice for Clara, which Clara kind of deserved to know this, but also it kind of sucked the way it came out. And then Jonah's there to comfort Morgan after this. And then she finds Chris's toolbox, which has letters from Jenny. And I, like, props to her for not reading them. And that's kind of, like, the last thing that happens is she, like, tears up the letters and stuff. And that's why the cover is, like, regretting you and it's all, like, torn sheets of paper. But I totally would have read those letters. I would have been like, I need to know. I need to have these answers. I don't care how much it hurts. Like, I need to know. So props to Morgan on that. And there's the food fight thing. And then Jonah confesses that, of course, he never actually hated Watermelon Jolly Ranchers. He just saved them for her, which is so fucking cliche, but also really adorable, and my heart is here for it. And then they have the fight because Morgan just won't fess up to her feelings. She feels like she has to not have any happiness in her life and not be okay with this. But then they finally kiss in the living room and so of course what's Murphy's law of anything that can go wrong will go wrong you know if you're gonna kiss your dead husband's best friend who you had a major crush on back in high school and now you guys can be together in your living room your teenage daughter is going to walk in and Morgan and Jenna love each other and they hook up But they are on the same page about what to tell the kids. And Jonah kind of caves and he's like, okay, I'll hide the truth from the kids. Which he shouldn't have done that because he was so fucking right. Like, they needed to tell the kids the truth. And I hated that he was like, oh, we'll cave. And eventually, obviously, Morgan's like, no, I'll tell Clara the truth. But I hated that he was willing to cave because I was like, no, you need to stand up to her. And you need to be like, I know what's best. And I'm allowed to do what I think is best for Elijah. And then... It kind of, Morgan's section ends when they are doing birthday boards for Clara and she finally gets on board with Clara's dream of being an actress, which I love and I'm very appreciative of that for her. And then tells Clara everything about like the affair and Elijah and everything. And then the biggest moment of growth is that Morgan drives Clara to see Miller because Clara really needs Miller. And that is actually a perfect segue into the Clara section. And of all of the things, I was really here for Clara and Miller. I mean, they were kind of very chaotic, especially in the beginning. But I was kind of like, that was the relationship I was here to see. And I love that it starts because she helps Miller, who so obviously has a crush on her from the very beginning, but she helps Miller move the city limit sign, and I love that that was a thing, and it comes back, and they, like, eventually order pizza because 
they've moved the city limit sign far enough. Like, I love that. And Miller gives her money for new flip-flops because she ruins hers on the, like, hot cement or whatever. And Lexi is hilarious in Clara's section. I love Lexi, especially when she's at Morgan's birthday dinner and is making all of her comments about Miller in front of Chris. Like, I love Lexi. I hate that she has to pretend she's constantly going on Tinder dates because she's working so much. And I feel like that kind of got lost. Like, if this was a book more so about Clara, I feel like Lexi could have been a bigger part of it and it would have been really interesting. My brain is kind of thinking of, like, Turtles All the Way Down where you see... And you see Daisy and Turtles All the Way Down and how she always has to work at Chuck E. Cheese and then stuff happens in the events of Turtles All the Way Down that I don't want to spoil, but you see that relationship and you see how much Daisy's family structure and her socioeconomic status impacts almost their friendship at some points. And so I think it would have been really interesting had this book been more just Clara focused, had we seen Lexi's point of view or not Lexi's point of view even, but just her family and her family life and the fact that she has to work super hard and how that impacts her and stuff. Like I would read a Lexi spinoff because I think it would be really interesting, especially because I feel like if we read a Lexi spinoff, we would get more follow-up on the events of Clara and Miller. And I love that. And I really want that to happen. But I love Lexi's comments, and then I love that Jonah sets up Clara and Miller for the film project thing, and then, of course, he has to, like, be a bitch about it and take a while to come around, and then in the midst of all of this, the car crash happens, right, and Clara thinks that because she was texting Jenny, she caused the crash because it was Jenny's car, so she thinks that Jenny was driving and texting her, which fucking sucks, and uh, it's hard to address this because survivor's guilt is real and survivor's guilt sucks it sucks because even if jenny was driving and texting clara jenny is an adult who knows not to text and drive and so it would not have been clara's fault it would have been jenny's for texting and driving jenny is an adult she knows how to make her own decisions so it just sucks all around that she had this guilt and that this weighed on her for so fucking long too because she the crash kind of kicks off the book there's a little bit of introduction in the beginning but the crash is really the big penultimate like this is where the plot starts and so she suffers with this for a very long time which I hate and then she ditches the funeral with Miller to get high and is caught by Morgan which like you shouldn't have been getting high like if you're gonna ditch the funeral ditch the funeral but like whatever but she's a teenager she's allowed to rebel and then she winds back up at the movies with Miller and we clearly know that Miller has a crush, obviously in just the way he's acted with her, but also the fact that his girlfriend is only jealous of Clara. So, like, clearly there's some feelings there. And I love Clara when she tells him, she's like, don't call me, don't text me until I can be just Clara. Don't put me under a random name in your phone. Like, I don't want to be the other woman. I love her for that because that is so big and shows so much, like, knowledge of her self-worth. I was so happy for her. And then Miller, at one point in the school parking lot, lets her in Nora, but then kicks her out. But before he can kick her out, Clara steals his sucker, which, like, is kind of gross. I'll share drinks with people, right? I'll even share straws, but I feel like your sucker, you're just like, that's always in your mouth. And I understand that, like, when you're kissing people, it's like you're swapping spit anyways, but I feel like that's different. Like, I don't know. This scene just... It was a little gross. Like, I'm not going to steal any guy's candy. And if I have a lollipop in my mouth, like, please leave it in my mouth. Thank you very much. 
And then Miller is in line at Starbucks. Clara has a newfound coffee obsession, so she's at Starbucks. And Miller is in line at Starbucks when he texts her. And he tells her that he ended shit with Shelby, his ex-girlfriend. So then they just sit there and they close down Starbucks talking and laughing. And he confesses that he's had a thing for her for three years. And he also says that his favorite song lyrics are from the band Sounds of Cedar, which was very convenient for me because the other two Colleen Hoover books I've read have been Verity and Maybe Someday. And Maybe Someday is where we learn about Sounds of Cedar because that is the main character in that ridge is in the band Sounds of Cedar. And so I was like, oh, that's convenient. She could have crossed over with any book and she crossed over with one of the two that I've read. And then they have their quick, sweet first kiss. And he's like, that's not how I thought our first kiss would go. So then they have really intense making out in the truck, which I was here for. And then they also get detention for PDA in the cafeteria. So then start making out in the library. And like, ugh, I, no, no, no. Like, actually, I don't know. Okay, that was a lot of no's. Basically, if only people got detention for PD at my high school, because my freshman year of high school, there was a guy who had a locker, not next to mine, but it, there was like one over. So there was like a locker that I don't think anybody ever used. And then this guy's locker and him and his girlfriend always had to be at his locker, like making out. And I'm like, bro, I'm just trying to get my textbooks and go to class. Like, why do you have to be this obnoxious about it? Like, leave, go find a stairwell, go find a bathroom, do something. Right. So I wish that like my high school had done that because I didn't want to see him making out. I don't want to see people making out, like go do it in a bathroom at least. Like, or in a stairwell where I can just, like, walk by, like, but at a locker in full view of everybody, really. So that whole thing with, like, making out in the library just made me laugh. And then they have their movie theater date, and they agree on cliche after-prom sex for Clara's first time. And I hate the whole after-prom sex whole cliche thing, because first of all, you have to be 18 to rent a hotel room. Everybody's like, oh, you're going to a hotel room after prom. And at my high school, you could go to prom as a junior too. It was like junior and senior prom. It was just one thing. So I was like, how the fuck are y'all renting hotel rooms? Like juniors are 17. What the hell? I was 16 when I went to my prom because I was young on for my class. But I was like, I hate that cliche so much because it's like, why? why? Prom is not like prom is a huge deal in high school, but also it's just another fucking dance. Like there was no difference there or there was not a huge amount of difference in my prom experience and my winter ball experience besides the fact that prom I wore a long dress right and like we went out to eat before so it was like a little bit more of a production but like still I went with a group of friends right like there was only one or two of my friends who I knew who had dates like prom was not a huge deal at my high school in terms of that and like I so I hate that cliche but I was happy for them that they had like actually talked about this and had a conversation and like consenting and you know and then they have their food truck date and they make out in his bed shirtless, but like Clara still has her bra on. So like, again, I love this. And he was like, can I take your shirt off? Like, I promise I won't touch your bra. Like, I just want to take your shirt off. Like things like that where I'm like, I love this. Like, I love how sweet and honest they're being and making these steps and these decisions and stuff. And then <sighs> I mm, mm. So, Clara sees Morgan and Jonah kissing and thinks that her mom was the one that had the affair, which is fine to make that assumption, right? You see them kissing, 
you don't know what's going on, sure, make that assumption. That's fine. I see the steps that would allow her, like, I can follow her path when she's jumping to this conclusion. But then she tells Miller to come over and to bring a condom, which, like, first of all, the sex sucks, clearly. The spot is rightfully so super bad because she's not ready for this and she's so freaked out and the only reason she's doing this is because she wants to get back at Morgan which like fuck you you're not allowed to use Miller like that second of all Miller is such a nice kind caring guy if you had told him hey can you come over I just found out something about my mom and I need to talk about it he would and like he would let you talk And he would just be there and comfort you. And yeah, you might fall asleep together in the same bed. And Morgan might wake up and freak out at the fact that you have a guy in your bed. But like, because at least if you do that, you keep his trust, right? At least if you do that, you still have him on your side. Where And like, your mom can get pissed because she finds you in the bed. You don't actually have to do something you're not ready for. Like, fuck you, Clara. I was so mad at her for this. I was like, I get it. You want to get back at your mom and you're mad, but why are you using Miller to do it? Like, fuck you. Miller does not deserve this treatment. He's so nice and kind. And yes, he needed to get his shit together a little bit in the beginning because he, he was all over the place with how he felt about you. But he got there in the end and now you're just fucking using him. And I hated that. And then Clara and Miller clearly fight about it, right? Like, I appreciate that they have this fight and Miller decides to stay the night anyways. And so Morgan finds him and is all pissed. And then Clara at school has to freak out on Jonah and then rushes through her birthday dinner so that she can go out with Miller. And they have a huge fucking fight because Miller is right that she keeps just using him to fight with Morgan, which is not okay. Like, I get it if you want to like the thing is Miller is not the kind of guy you use to fight with your mom right like if you're thinking of a stereotypical teen rebelling and trying to provoke her parents with a guy he has to have tattoos and piercings and not really care about school and whatever right like Miller is so nice and sweet and kind and has goals and ambitions and is also like amazing and funny and kind of rebellious like he's perfect and you're just fucking using him and I don't appreciate it and so I was very glad that they had this conversation and that Miller was standing up for himself and then there's like fight number 5,000 between Morgan and Clara when Morgan comes home and finds Lexi and Clara drunk which like of all the things that Clara does I would not have gotten pissed as a parent if your teen is being safe and getting drunk with just one friend at home you know like if she was going out to a rager and getting blackout and not making safe decisions about how she's getting home or who she's with that would be one thing but she's with her best friend at her house like I would give it a pass if she wanted to get drunk Clara goes to school just to make sure she's okay with Miller And Miller thinks he's falling for her, and he's too good and too emotionally mature for Clara, but he thinks he's falling for her, and it's adorable. And then Clara finally, finally talks her shit out with Morgan in the empty movie theater, and Miller apologizes to Morgan, too, which, like, see, he's so good. Too good for Clara. And Clara is finally okay with Jonah and Morgan, which I was so appreciative of, because Morgan deserves her happiness, and so does Jonah and their film project is about how bad the color orange is. It's like a mockumentary and I love it. And then Miller has his B-roll promposal 
and there's footage of him watching Clara in the play, and his truck was named after her character in the play, and it's all these little, like, hey, Clara, will you go to prom with me things, and it's so cheesy and adorable, and I love it, and, like, I wish I would have had a guy in high school that would have done this for me, because I really wanted to get prom posed to you. I mean, not really, because, like, in the, like, so I wanted to get prom posed to in the abstract, right, or, like, in the alternate reality where I had, like, a really close guy friend or, like, a boyfriend or something. In my junior year of high school, if somebody had promposed to me, I probably would have been very confused because I wasn't super close with any guy. Like, I wouldn't have expected it, right? It would have been weird, but, like, I, you know, in the abstract wanted to get promposed to, so this was really, really super cute. And then we find out that Miller's grandfather owns air rights, so Miller has money to go to UT Austin, which is where Clara will hopefully be, and his school color will be orange, and her prom dress is orange, and that's where it ends. So, to wrap up this episode, it was very good. I kind of devoured it. For as much as I said it was reminiscent of Sarah Dessen, it did, like, drag me in, especially with the Clara and Miller thing. Like, I really wanted to find out what was going to happen with them, and so it was really easy to fall into. The drama was kind of soap opera level drama but I was okay with it and everyone came around in the end and I like I was here for Clara and Miller because Jonah and Morgan weirdly felt like a given like after 17 years they had to get that right whereas Clara and Miller I was like this is a teenager they have a lot of emotions like it would be much easier for them to like blow up and not work out and stuff so I was really here to see how Clara and Miller would work it out and stuff and They were also more fun because they're younger. They don't have as many responsibilities, blah, 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 blah. So, yeah, I'm Maya Ghosh, and this has been my take on Regretting You by Colleen Hoover. Thanks for listening. So we're kind of a one-woman show here at My Take, so the credits are not going to be very long. This podcast is produced and edited um, by me. I do all of my own social media. The only person I really have to thank is one of my great friends, Paris, who did the music that is in the intro and that you're listening to now. So thank you, Paris, and thank you all for listening. You can reach me at underscore my take on Twitter and Instagram, and please leave a rate or review wherever you listen to this podcast. That helps a ton. So yeah, thanks for listening.